This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. All right, hello everyone. Welcome to the Geology Final Cast. My name is Steve. Hey everyone, this is Chris. Uh, yes. Hi, I am Jesse. Good day. I I just got real distracted. Even though we started ten, literally ten seconds ago, I got distracted <laughs> like a in between. Like I saw a squirrel or something. <laughs> nice. I almost missed it. I was. No, I'm reading the paper here. It's good. It's a good one. Well, welcome back, everyone. We were on a mini hiatus we missed what yeah 10 days or something because nah, chris was on vacation Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that that vacation may lead us into uh our topic next week that's yeah, true i think it'll be uh it'll be in a tax write-off actually you know, oh yeah that's it. true yeah I'm, I'm sorry chris wasn't on vacation he was doing research for the podcast <laughs> was researching yes 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 exactly uh more hey everybody Thanks for joining the premier geology podcast out there known as the geology flannel cast. Um, hope everyone's having a, a fantastic day today. Yeah. 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 Hope you're living, loving and loving, living all that stuff. Well, <laughs> got a action packed episode for today. Um, so uh, today we're going to be talking kind of going back to basic basic topic in geology and uh putting a more modern spin on it uh we're gonna talk about minerals today minerals going back yeah. going back to the the roots of geology we haven't really talked about you know we talk about so many things in the podcast but so often we kind of over oversee overshoot minerals i guess you could say you know yeah like but minerals yeah don't really get the love they deserve, you know, <laughs> but specifically we're going to be talking about cla- taxonomic classification of minerals. But if we were to say that at first, you'd turn the podcast off immediately. <laughs> you'd be like, ah, nope, I'm out. Would you just call me? No, <laughs> uh, no, but there's this uh, group of researchers, uh, Robert Hazen, who does a, a bunch of neat stuff uh, and Shauna Morrison basically are trying to come up with a new taxonomic system for classifying minerals. Now, uh, the, the paper itself has a great name. So shout it out. Lumping and splitting colon towards a classification of minerals and natural kinds. Um, <clears throat> but I just like that. Yeah. I like, uh, I like a little whimsy in my titles. I do too. But that, that's what I was going to say. Like we we've all had our ups and downs with classification systems in in science. Like think Folk and Dunham. Like I was just about to say, don't get me started on Folk and Dunham. <laughs> don't get me started. So that's a carbonate classification system. But um, there, I don't know. Was that just the most popular? It's not the best. <laughs> it's, it's not the worst. But I, I think it's, it's the, the most- best of what they've got. Yeah, which is saying something. Yeah, because there are other classification systems out there for carbonates, but that for some reason, Falk and Dunham has standed the test of time. 
Yeah, just where we landed. So, um, but I'm happy that people are thinking about this and trying to figure out, hey, like, hey, I can do this better, or this could, this could be done better. This could have a different interpretation. I mean, that's why we're scientists. So, uh, I'm yeah. all for people questioning stuff. It's true. There, there are, there is the the other end of that is when people try and redo the system when a may not need to be redone or or b they make it infinitely more complicated yes yes uh yeah and some of that has to do with my cognitive abilities to just understand what the heck they're talking about yeah um so hazen and morrison they come up with this classification system um, it, basically in like 2008 they began digging into literature of every species of known mineral so in 2008 there was probably I don't know 3,000 different identified minerals now I think we're up to 5,000 um, if you go to mindat.org you know it, it updates I, I wouldn't say daily but um, you know, the, the minerals, the new minerals that are found now are like little tiny inclusions inside of old minerals for fluid, like just all weird, tiny, interesting stuff. But so let's just say there's like three, 4,000 minerals that they looked at. Um, so, which is huge. That's all. That's crap ton of minerals. Um, and they're looking into data of how each one formed. So not only you're looking at a ton of different minerals, now you're looking at how each one was formed. And to give you an example, uh, they took like pyrite. We've all seen pyrite, you know, FES, iron oxide or iron sulfide. Um, it's usually, you know, we call it fool's gold, looks shiny, yellow, brassy, uh, usually comes in cubes. Uh, they found 21 different fundamental ways that pyrite can form. So now you're taking 4,000 minerals, picking this one and figuring out that there's 21 different ways to, to skin this cat, if you will, to come up with FES. Um, and then d- trying to figure out, uh, I guess, to classify them then based on how they were formed, as opposed to your typical like Dana classification system um, of, you know, what was it like eight classes, right? Native elements, silicates, oxides, sulfides, sulfates, halides, carbonates, phosphates, mineraloids that, you know, that's like the, the main chunks that you'll find in like your Simon and Schuster rocks and mineral guide or yeah, your, your mineral families. Yeah. So did you say natives? I did say natives. That's why I start. So That's native cool. elements, like Sorry. you know. Uh, Sorry for not paying attention more. No sulfur, I guess. That's like your main native element mineral. I was gonna say copper. Ah, Sulf- all right. sulfur is a good one though. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when we say native, that's it. Like it's just pick pick a John on the periodic table and <laughs> That's, that's it. That's it. That's that mineral. Um, so I guess like carbon, uh, but that could be graphite. That could be diamond. That could be, uh, yeah. You want to get 
technical, not all elements. No, you're right. Not all elements are, are <laughs> minerals. Yes, you're right. Um, but all right, just being nitpicky over here. That's my job. No. So back to Jesse's point of making things infinitely more complicated. I guess my question for this new classification system is, uh, why do we need to know how they were formed? Hmm. It's, are you posing that question to us? Or I am. Like in general, like if pyrite's pyrite, you know, you, you put it under the XRD, you're, you're well, going to get the same pattern. You're, you're going to identify it the same way. It's still well, pyrite. I'll, I'll give an example. Okay. Um, so, you know, I think understanding how it forms may tell you something about the environment under which it forms in. Yeah. Yes. Especially if it's forming at the surface, you know, it's, it could tell us, are you in a, you know, terrestrial reducing environment, you know, has this area been oxidized? It gives you a lot more insight. Or just in general about, say, maybe evolution of the earth and, and what have you. That would be my sort of big picture, little picture. The other thing is, I know uh, one of the things that Bob Hazen has published uh, about in the past is how minerals have evolved with life throughout earth history. And I think that's where this kind of, this spinoff study is coming from. Basically he's, he's been showing this, this link between, between minerals and, and life. And, and he does a lot of research as well into like the, the origin of life. So I think that's, that's kind of why um, he, he did this, uh, this spinoff kind of looking at, you know, how, how these minerals form. Yeah. And, you know, uh, basically think, uh, well, yeah, circling back to that, how minerals form, you have various different processes like weathering, chemical weathering, chemical precipitation, metamorphic transformations, like you're squishing stuff and it turns into something else. Uh, lightning strikes can actually create minerals, which is kind of neat. Uh, yeah. radiation can cause the formation of minerals oxidation can transfer something into something else massive impacts you get like stishovite coesite like of quartz gets smashed so hard and so fast and so hot that it actually forms a different mineral um and even condensation in interstellar space before the planet formed can create minerals so um but the biggest single factor in mineral diversity on earth is what do you think? Uh, H2O. Oh, ah, should have known that well, obvious right in front of us. Right <laughs> yeah. Right so they're, they're proposing that, uh, water, uh, through various, you know, chemical, physical processes, whatever generates more than 80% of all minerals. So water has an effect on over 80% of the formation of minerals on the planet. So it's, this is going to be really cool. This is pretty cool to get this, this database of, um, of just mineral information on earth and, you know, in the future, then comparing it to, you know, getting, getting in more information about minerals on other planets, like 
We're looking at Mars in the in the future. Um, I was I was just about to bring up well, Mars. One of the things. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Um, was that they saw? Didn't they see? How was it? Well, they saw phyllosilicates, which are clays, but they also saw. Um, uh what was it there was a chemical compound perchlorate in in the minerals which you only you're only getting say say these these clays with these these elements in them from water mm. so it told us that there was water flowing at some time in the past on mars mars's surface that's pretty yeah. awesome yeah well um Oh my goodness. So it's just like, well, now we know that there's, there's, there is evidence of, of flowing water on Mars and, and all this yeah. stuff. And, and some of these areas, you know, you look at some of these pictures, these rovers on Mars took, and it's just like, oh my goodness, just these, these, um, just screams of, of, uh, you know, evidence of, of flowing water on Mars. So, but it'll be really interesting. So in the, in the future, just, you know, with, uh, if we're able to get, uh, rock samples from, maybe, you know, other moons or, or other planets, um, in the solar system. And, you know, cause one of the things that they're, one of the, the points of this study is, uh, that we're talking about is to potentially see if to, to get information on the geologic past, but also information on, on past life on, like we, we know, um, like on earth and then just kind of comparing that into, um, you know, comparing that with data from, other you know other different bodies in our solar system yeah yeah like that evidence of venus had uh what was that phosphine gas yeah has any new things come out about that i hear it's is it still no up in the air i i thought i I saw something where some researchers weren't convinced that it actually was phosphine oh that's depressing I was kind of excited for that one, but you know what? The cool thing about that was um, there's been some uh, NASA has funded some projects to go back to some um, um, uh, what's that called? Oh, why am I blanking on the term? Satellites to go back to uh, <laughs> to go back to Venus and and check it out. You know, um, so I think they I believe off the top of my head, without looking anything up, I think there's two that have gotten recently gotten funded to go back to Venus to start investigating, you know, for any potential life. Very um, cool. On that planet. I think what they're, because the, the main concern with Venus is that, well, number one is the heat and number two, it's the pressure. Um, that's, it's so hard. That's why we're not sending like any rovers over to, uh, to Venus is because it's just hard to, to get anything to last, to live at the surface of that planet. Um, you have immense pressures. Uh, I forget how many thousands uh, with, with the, uh, how many atmospheres of pressure off the top of my head is on Venus, but it's like the equivalent of being under thousands of feet of water. Um, just standing at the, the surface of Venus, plus the heat, they had that runaway greenhouse effect and the, the heat is hot enough just to, to melt lead. Just standing. It's a real bummer. Surface. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, there's if there, you're Vesuvian, uh, true. If you were, I mean, it's, uh, on uh, many levels, yeah. <laughs> if you were a Vesuvian made of lead, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but that's the whole thing too, is uh, on Venus, there's that whole theory that, or not theory, say hypothesis that it used to be habitable and there may have been oceans on that planet. And they just, there was uh, just basically just a crazy, crazy amount of volcanism on that planet. And the whole thing just kind of ran, uh, you had this, uh, because of the, the immense amount of volcanism, you just kind of had this uh, like super runaway greenhouse effect. And it just uh, passed this tipping point and the whole planet just really never recovered. Cool. Well, circling back to minerals. Yeah, yeah, back to the little <laughs> there, Don't get me started on Venus. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, so back, yeah, Jesse's saying, or was it Chris, that life plays a huge factor. So not just water, but life. So this is proposing... Uh, not proposing, but saying one third of all mineral kinds form exclusively or as parts or byproducts of living things. Yeah. Um, which is true. And I remember, you know, one of the, you know, five identification things of minerals is one of them has, it has to be inorganic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was always like a little thing, like is bones or teeth technically minerals? Uh, the answer is yeah, yes, right. We've had this argument before. So, um, but like coral, like something awful. Material. Yeah, like oh, a, the general exception. A kidney stone, technically, you know, it's biologically derived. Um, uh, I don't know. Microbial mats, other organic material, shells. Yeah, like you said. So. Um. Yeah. So uh, the cool thing that this about this study is it looks like let's see how much they were using. They basically did use machine learning to uh, to kind of divvy up these different categories. Um, that's uh. <laughs> yeah. Did you see how many different uh, scientific or distinct mineral kinds they found? Uh, ten thousand five hundred. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me quick go to. Min. So what's here? There's about like five thousand known minerals with the old fashioned. Yeah, I mean, something like that. Mineral species five thousand eight hundred and fourteen. Okay. So of the of that mineral species data, uh, all right, there, quick, Steve. Name as many mineral species as you can. <laughs> go. Yeah. You call yourself a geologist, name all the minerals. (laughs) In alphabetical order. Oh, geez. Uh, No. If you ever look at the, uh, the, you can actually look up the list of all known minerals. And it is impressive. I forget what, uh, I guess there's a, forget what like society has like the final say on if it's officially a mineral or not. Um, But it is impressive. It tells you when it was discovered and um, all sorts of information about, about each mineral. Um, a lot of the minerals are only just like super rare and just, uh, you know, no geologist knows all 5,000, which 5,818. Is that what you said? Something, something like uh, 14, something like that. 14. Yeah. I'd say 5,800. But no. um, like, all right, siderite, cerusite, uh, anglesite, alunite. Linerus, copapite, olivinite, uh, atomite. 
pyromorphite. I actually have pyromorphite. We're going to let Steve just name random (laughs) minerals in the background as we. (laughs) Uh, Almondine. That's a good one. Almondine. Andalusite. Topaz. Ooh, a Topaz member. You could become a Patreon of our wonderful geology flannel cast and you can become a Topaz member. Well, the other thing is, do you want me to read you about Topaz? I really have to hand it to uh, to these guys for coming up with a new way of organizing. (laughs) You know what? They they probably had a big, long word document that they had the formatting formula help them out with. (laughs) So we'd like to thank uh, the formatting formula, formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula. Uh, for sponsoring our podcast. We head to them for all of our Word document formatting needs. And I I know what you might be thinking, like, who needs help formatting a Word document? And if you're just typing a letter, probably not anyone anymore, or maybe your grandma or something. But we're talking about some of these, like, crazy complicated, like, you know, or maybe it's not that crazy complicated to you, but it is to me, like embedding figures or... um, you know, you've written papers and you have 27 figures and then someone's like, oh, we need uh, we need to change figure number three and add two more. And then you're like, oh, crap, that means I have to rename all the figures and renumber it. Like, no, they can teach you how to do it. So it's just like, boop, you change it out. All the figure numbers change. Everything's easy peasy. Um, they can change your headers, your footers. They can actually change the toolbars at the top to customize it for things that you you use all the time. So can't say enough about them. So formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula. If you want to uh, watch their videos and learn how to do it yourself. So, but just don't forget to say that the geology flannel cast sent you. So they keep supporting the podcast. Thank you very much. Um, so, you know, I, one thing I wanted to say about this, uh, this paper, and we kind of talked about this a couple of weeks ago, one of our, in one of our recent episodes about how, uh, life is linked to plate tectonics and how important that is to, yeah. to link them together, right? Life uh, finds a way. There we go. I had a, had a quote <laughs> Jeff Goldblum there. Um, so I was I was thinking a, a lot about this is with this uh, with this article that we're um, that we're talking about today. So we look at plate tectonics and we we're talking about how plate tectonics is like necessary for life, right? And one of the things that's uh, necessary for for plate tectonics is is water. We talked about how much like during how important water is at subduction zones and uh, just kind of fueling uh, volcanism. And now we find out, you know, uh, well, one of the things that, that's uh, been mentioned at this paper we're talking about today is how how important water is is for minerals. And so it's kind of the one thing that, you know, kind of the one topic I was just kind of thinking of is in my head is just how, you know, really just, it's amazing how things, systems are so interwoven on earth, whether it be tectonics, life, you know, mineral formation, or, you know, and some of the past stuff that uh, Bob Hazen has published is about uh, mineral evolution being, you know, uh, going hand in hand with life. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I'm always fascinated by, yeah, just how interwoven, like all of the systems are, um, you know, life needs tectonics, but it looks like mineral evolution needs life. And it's like, all right, you know, um, 
it's uh, yeah, it's just just kind of fascinating just the how they are all kind of linked together there. Does tectonics need life? Does tectonics need life? Probably not, but I, I'm wondering how it affects tectonics, though, because I bet you it does. How life affects tectonics? <laughs> mm-hmm. Think of all the sludge at the seafloor that then adds volatiles to the system as it's getting subducted. Does that then make volcanoes form easily more easily? Uh all the sludge like from humans? Is that what you're getting at? No, not just humans, <laughs> but like dead dead, dead critters, like you know, uh, like all uh, the organic material at the bottom uh, of the ocean that gets added to the the volatile mix. I go, of, I go right to pollution. That's what I thought. Nice. You were yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No. I meant I meant sort of- life in in the last billion years, not life in the last two hundred. Yeah, I mean it's all part of the carbon cycle, right? Yeah, I mean that's what I'm, I'm saying. Does uh, does life help facilitate tectonics? Uh, I don't think it's completely necessary. I think you can have tectonics without life, but I I, I don't yeah, know I if say, yeah if the tectonics enhances. Or the life enhances tectonics. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I can't think of anything on the top of my head. Yeah, uh, we'll get Bob Hazen on this. Enhance tectonics, <laughs> but I know that the tectonics does enhance life. Like, yes, you know, yes, we did talk know. about that. What yeah. uh, pushing through the carbon cycle and, and stuff. Yeah, like that. that was episode one thirty-seven back on May sixteenth. This one we what recorded. What is this? Like, what are we in the one forties now? One forty-two. Wow. Two. Yeah, coming up to that 150, we'll have to do something special for episode 150. Yeah, you guys, uh, listeners out there, hit us up at the geologyfinalcast.com. Type type us an email, some listener questions, some some burning topic that you want us to cover for the 150th. Let us know. And uh, while you're there, maybe buy some merchandise. <laughs> Can't hurt. Yeah. Can't hurt. Um. So yeah, it's a. Uh, interesting article uh i i do like the new uh kind of putting a new spin on things uh a new way to, to categorize minerals um it's always good to try something new you know to see and, see and it's yeah you know without getting too in depth into this paper you know is it just like another data point like okay it's pyrite you know it's fes you know it's pyrite you know it's uh cubic um you know it's a sulfide and then what you just like add on like this but this particular one was biologically derived the bottom of the ocean or something like that and i i think it as they point out here is that it, it it's sort of it's trying to make it systematic where you know you go through like checklists almost whereas previously you know the classification scheme was a little bit less so and part of that is i mean it was started like 200 years ago we started identifying minerals this way so (laughs) over over 200 years we're refining it a little bit (laughs) yeah exactly let me ask you guys a question spur the conversation a little bit do you think there was life on mars at one point Yes. Do you well ask the questions that no one else dares to touch here here at the Well, let me ask you. 
where is it more likely life was Venus or Mars? Oh, that's a better question. I think. Well, I'm, I'm going Mars. You going Mars? I don't know. See, there's so much that we don't know about Venus. I know. Yeah. Well, so my reasoning. Well, Chris, what do you think? I want to hold you. <laughs> I think it's uh, personally after, <laughs> you know, what, you know, how do I know about this? But uh, <laughs> not representative of my employer, but personally, my personal opinion. <laughs> No, but I mean, we just see how prevalent life is here on earth. And, you know, basically you can't get rid of this stuff. I know like when they do send probes over to other planets, there is a worry that we're going to contaminate like Mars with earth life. Like, you know, they do try to sterilize this stuff as, as much as possible, but there's always the fear like, oh, did we maybe accidentally sterile, uh, you know, uh, contaminate the moon with like microbial life or do we accidentally contaminate mars with microbial life from these probes i i I will tell you this i would not be surprised i bet you you know i'll even go out on a limb i I like i would say probably there probably was you know i I would not be surprised if there was like microbial life on mars or venus i'm not saying like they were like you know martians like marvin the martian running around or complex life like that but i really really would not be surprised um if you know the more we look at this stuff uh, get into the nitty-gritty the more we find out that you know life is way more you know at least simple life is you you heard it here first bigfoot on mars according (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i i 100 percent. i mean it's so easy well uh, this might drive biologists crazy. It's so easy to form life, like, <laughs> but yeah. it, but Just I mean, a like little simple, water, a little protein, a little, a little yeah. lightning. You're good. lightning. Um, I that's just real fast before I'll, I'll let you get on the point. No, no, no. And that's just knowing what we know about life from our one data point. You know, yeah, that's that's a, that's not, a really good point. That's not you know considering other ways to create life that we just we are not aware of that we don't see on earth yeah we only we look for yeah what we know it's not to say yeah life has to be carbon based or it needs water but yeah my and the reason i I say about venus is like yeah because like you said there's a lot of unknowns but the earlier in the solar system's history the sun is fainter venus is a little bit closer so it'd be a little Ah. bit warmer um, it's the same size as Earth, essentially. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just. So you're saying that Goldilocks window would have been a little bit closer to the sun, a little bit closer, where, yeah. where Venus is now. Yeah. I mean, Mars at one point likely had a thicker atmosphere, so it might have kept it warmer. Right after it formed, like Earth had a really thick atmosphere. I mean, goodness. We always, you know we're always trying to pin when, when life sprouted up on earth. And I just assume whatever time we pick, it was probably earlier. Like once you, once you get it like day one, then you can't really get it. No, because even then we're, we're looking at billions of year old evidence and that's all that survived. Like, so, and that's going to be the other thing about finding life on Mars is, you know, we're you're not going to be finding seashells or or bone material yeah. or something like that on Mars. You're going to have to find some, maybe some secondary evidence. You know, well, and 
and that's the thing. Have you ever seen some of the early, I mean, the early bacteria or not bacteria, but some of the early trace fossils, not even like stromatolites, but you know, billion, billion and a half year old trace fossils of uh, it's just what like, it, it's like a scratch mark. Yeah. 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 If you weren't exactly look, if you weren't like spending all day just trying to find something like that, you would never even notice that, you know? And even then it's a little <laughs> yeah. arm, arm yeah. wavy. Yeah. Cause yeah, I've heard, heard the scene, this stuff where it's like some of the earliest, uh, but what some people think is like some of the earliest life. It's kind of like, uh, is it arm wavy? Is it, you know, there's, there's a lot yeah. of uh, debate over it. You know, controversy is the, is the better word to say over, over some of that <laughs> stuff. Cause you're, it's like, you're, you're not seeing a tombstone for a piece of bacteria or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> I, I want, I would like some sort of pyramid structure with a mummy inside. <laughs> yeah. That would, that would be, that would be evidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What are those, um, the Nazca lines in South America, yeah. you see like something like that yeah. in Mars, you That's... know? Okay. No. <laughs> Not asking for much, yeah. just yeah. Uh, a visible structure that is uh, a structure that's visible from space. No, but it, I mean, like, you know, <laughs> had several probes now on, on Mars, uh, trying to look for the stuff and, and, you know, there's every Which... once in a while, like something pops up, like, you know, um, like in the, in the atmosphere, uh, what was it like? Um, were they finding like a little bit of methane, like trace amounts of methane in the, the Martian atmosphere? Or there's some kind of like hydrocarbon every once in a while, they just pick up a little trace of it or. Um, I hope I'm not yeah. Wrong. I mean, it's, it's mostly carbon dioxide, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's <clears throat> nitrogen, argon. There's a little bit of water vapor, but yeah, methane. Let's see how much methane is there. Yeah, I just thought I, I read something a while ago. Like every once in a while, they just find like that smallest little trace of, of yeah methane or some kind of you know. Yeah, it's it's sort of at the limit of detectability, and so that makes it nice where you're just like. But the other thing you gotta, if you find life on Mars, the other thing you gotta be careful of is, are they hitchhikers from the Earth? Exactly. Uh, that's why I was gonna. Um, which was what's the newest probe up there now? Perseverance. Oh, I don't think we're gonna. Probes- I don't think we're going to find life on Mars now, but I think we'll one find of the, evidence of life. One of the probes just in its travels uh, saw a piece of debris from an older probe that was in the, that like from like the, like the heat shield or something uh-huh. that it just like happened upon. So, I mean, we're already leaving like identifiable trash. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah, you know, did I, ever, did I ever tell you the story about the moon with the, the one thought experiment to see how have, you, have I ever like, told you about the moon? I've always wondered what that orb <laughs> is up there. I see <laughs> That's awesome. There's, there's a, uh, a thought experiment to go back to where the uh, original Apollo missions landed. Right. So. You got Neil Armstrong and and uh, and and Buzz Aldrin hanging out on the moon for however many would they spend three days on the moon or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, like um, all right. So after you know after you know a day, mother, you know nature calls. You know you gotta you gotta you gotta do your business. Do your so business. They left they left poop bags on the uh, <laughs> on the surface of the moon. Yeah. So that, the question uh, yeah. is, 
hey, what would happen if we'd go back there, um, you know, 60 years later, however many years, you know, whenever, if it ever does find those poop bags, they're just sitting there, sitting at the surface of the moon and uh, seeing if there's any microbial life that's uh, that's still kicking. That survived for 60 years. That survived in, in um, poop bags. Life sprouts, finds a way. Intelligent life develops on the moon, all seated by Neil Armstrong's poop. <laughs> heard it first I, here. I would buy that novel. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's true. I mean, if Neil Armstrong is walking about, around on the moon. Yeah. Think about when we, um, there was a lot of controversy when the, when the Russians drilled into um, Lake well, Vasta. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they were nervous. That's the, for those that aren't, that's the, that's the lake in Antarctica, right? Yes. Yeah. It's like, it hasn't been, hasn't like been, been exposed to the surface of the earth in hundred thousand years, 200,000, something like that. It was, it was a long time. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, pre, it's 11,000, 11,000 feet, um, below the ice. Yeah. So it's sorry, 13,000 no. feet under the ice. Yeah. Um, 13,000 feet under the ice. I'm trying to find how long it's been under there. A long time, but they ended up finding life in the lake itself. Yeah. It's, so it's, no, it's no, what no, you call subglacial lake. You can't, you can't get rid of life on earth. It's just like, it's, yeah, it's, it's here to stay. You know, there's been some crazy, cataclysmic yeah. events yeah. that have happened on earth and, the, and permian still still it was only no i know you know 90 percent of all life on earth you know 96 percent of life in the oceans um which is even amazing because it really jacked up the oceans pretty pretty bad during that Whoa. event still you know ocean acidification and still four percent of life in the oceans lived actually when i say that now and i put it that way only four percent of life in the oceans live that's a lot was lost. <laughs> you know, it's ocean life. Marine life is very sensitive to the chemical conditions. Um, and, you know, you start dinking around with pH and stuff like that. And, and that, that hits that life hard. It's really finicky. So it's, it's just amazing that stuff. stuff it is, is finicky, but it finds a way. It finds so a I'm way. Told. And just how resilient life is, you know? <laughs> So I, I, I mean, I think this is, this is a cool step. I love like, you know, we, I think we, I love having these conversations about, um, you know, life on other planets and, and how can we use information that we see on earth to kind of extrapolate that out, but it's fun. But then, like I said earlier to kind of repeat myself, but we also have to remember that the earth is one single data point, you know, and uh, yeah. And, I, I, it was, I, I agree. Like these thought experiments are really, they're fun. Yeah. I, so, yeah. and that, well, that's sort of, I mean, part of that gets to the question that we talked about last episode or two episodes, whenever <laughs> we talked about signatures of aliens or, or, or previous life. Uh, Solarian, Solarian hypothesis. hypothesis. Yeah, it was we're, two episodes ago. We're or only last episode, excuse me. We're only looking at what we know. 
we may be missing evidence of life if it's some other form that we don't recognize. You know, if it's not carbon-based or whatever. Ghosts is what you're saying, right? Yeah. Mummies. (laughs) Hey, it could be. My kids were watching some cartoon. What is it called? Like wasn't like Jimmy Neutron, but it was something like that. And, and basically they, you know, they're flying in outer space and they encounter this other being, but they can't see it. So they crash into it because it's just on a different electromagnetic spectrum. And I was like, Holy cow, this is a pretty interesting cartoon. And the other beings couldn't see, could only see our heat signature, but couldn't see anything else. Like it was just interesting to, to put it in that perspective. Like if you're not looking for something, this sounds like the exact plot for the Predator movie. By the way, I just oh, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but that that goes to show you, like, if you're just not looking for it, maybe you won't see it. Yeah, you know. Um, but so, yeah. So this paper is interesting. Uh, you know, it with all all the data that they've gathered and come up with ten thousand different. Um, they're distinct mineral kinds, if you will. I think I think it's interesting. I I'm not gonna lie. Before I read the paper, I was like, "Who cares? How it's derived? Right? It's a it's a mineral. Like all we care about is what its internal arrangement, its chemical composition. You know, yada yada yada. Uh-huh. But yeah, I guess it really does make a difference of how it's derived. Know- and who's it, not to say that this is going to replace the original? No, no. It's just like an additional data. It's point. an additional way to look at things, you know. Mm-hmm. And that that's that's cool, you know. It's just, it all depends on on you know what you need to know. If you just need to know like chemical formulas and and stuff like that for minerals, and yeah, use the old one. But if you're looking for life on other planets, use the new one. You know, yep. it's just. Uh, yeah. So I guess I guess they would be considered Hazen and Morrison would be considered splitters, <laughs> not splitters? lumpers, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, have, um, have to be right. Yeah, I mean you're taking pyrite and splitting it into 21 different categories. That's yeah. that's a splitter. I, mean, I only knew about 5,000 minerals until reading this. Now there's 10,000 apparently. Yeah, right. So, and and that's thinking of it now if pyrite has 21 different formations 10,000 seems small <laughs> doesn't it yeah. you know what if you could do that with with more than half of the minerals i understand pyrite might be a little bit of a outlier being able to form in a bunch of different ways as opposed to say like diamond but yeah interesting what is uh let's see i think there there's some rules about naming a new mineral um uh the the group that uh, controls the names of the minerals is called the international mineralogical society um and there's something about there's some rules like you can't name a mineral after yourself i think i'm trying to find it right now but there's a uh, uh there's there's all sorts of different rules and, and stuff like that to if you do find a new mineral um how to how to name it but anyways um 
how many people tried naming minerals after themselves? I'm like, ah, <laughs> come on. Yeah, it's a uh, man. I got something stuck in my throat. Um, I do believe you're right. I don't think you can name it after yourself, but I think you can name it after other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm not finding anything right now. Of course. Uh, but uh, yeah. But interesting paper. Interesting perspective. Yeah. Keep up the good work. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we say about all these things. You're all doing great. All doing great. Everyone's doing great. Good job, everyone. Um, so, yeah. So uh, keep an keep an eye out on that. The new uh, new taxonomy for mineral names out there. Um, so if you do discover new mineral, uh, we would be honored if you wanted to name it after the geology flannel cast. That is true. Um, we we see- will. Uh why that would be a problem you could call it flannel castite Ooh, imagine that's, that's, gonna be that's, that's when you know that's when you know you've made it <laughs> you gotta you gotta well, i tell you what you name in mineral after the podcast we'll send you guys some stickers how about that <laughs> shoot we'll send you stickers in a mug wrapped in I'll, a t-shirt yeah It'd be a great honor to have a, a mineral named after the. It'd be the premier mineral named after the premier geology <laughs> podcast. That's right. <laughs> well, you heard it first here. Um, cool, cool stuff, guys. So, uh, yeah, don't forget to check us out on Instagram. Uh, we have Twitter. We don't tweet a lot, but we should we should tweet more. I'm going to put that on you, Chris. Thanks. Get out there and tweet some stuff. I'll do it. There you go. Um, But yes, you can help us out with patreon.com slash geology flannel cast. You can become different tiered Patreon members. Every little tiny little bit helps us keep the lights on um, Mm -hmm. and not much more. But (laughs) If you become a uh, Topaz tiered member, we will do a whole episode based on whatever topic you want. There you go. Hopefully it's a geology topic, but uh, and and if even if it isn't, Jesse will figure out a way to make it related to geology. Jesse can relate anything to geology. Yeah, if you listen to some of our earlier episodes, it's uh pretty awesome. Um yeah. So and tell a friend. Uh, it's July. Jump in July. Right. <laughs> I, 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 I got nothing. Um so uh, what else? Uh, we've got some merch on uh, geologyflannelcast.com. Go check that out. Uh, get yourself a geology flannel cast coffee mug. Um, got some t-shirts, stickers, all that stuff. If you have some geology flannel cast stickers, send us, uh, send us some pictures of uh, your sticker out in, in the wild with some, uh, some rock outcrops. We, uh, you send it to us. We'll post it on the, uh, the flannel cast Instagram. How about that? Yeah. Um, and uh send us your geology questions too uh every once in a while we'll do an episode on uh listener questions so send them send them over um all cool. right all right thanks well, so much everyone for that, uh well, for th- tuning in today my favorite I, part of the podcast i i got nothing i'm Whoa. stumped i am stumped yeah 
Sorry. Uh, I, <clears throat> I was just a historic moment here. Yeah. The in, the last, cast. We... in the last like three minutes, I just started thinking, I was like, I got the, the only thing that initially came up was all the talk about aliens. I had recently heard, um, Billy Jean by Alien Ant Farm, but that doesn't. Uh, a, no, I got nothing. Oh man! Uh, sorry, sorry. Let's edit this out. <laughs> duh, the only thing I get that she's about minerals. Yeah, I don't know. The first thing that pops in my head is diamonds are a girl's best friend. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, yeah, diamonds are forever. Lucy in the sky with diamonds. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to think of. I was trying to think of something about like splitting up because they're splitters. Ah, mm. breaking up is hard to do. Yeah, that's that's. I was thinking that, but it, uh, it's not great. Yeah. Aliens exist by Blink One Eighty Two. Little throwback <laughs> song. Yeah, all right, I'm in. Um, I don't know. I'm, all right, well, sorry. What a. I'll I'll do better next week. Just we'll we'll whatever. Two songs next week about uh. There's not many songs about uh searching for alien life looking at the mineralogy of a planet you know it's kind of a there's a bit of a niche field right there i don't know <laughs> really? i feel like there's something on the tip of my tongue and it and it's bothering me that i can't think of it so i'm sure our listeners out there are like are you kidding me well, of course it could be this yeah so, shoot, shoot us an email let us know or how maybe we... the listeners are just sitting in their car just going got me i beats me i don't know <laughs> i don't know so anyways all right. Well, uh, maybe we'll just end this. Uh, you'll we'll end this podcast with just silence in your head. Why don't you just meditate for a little bit? Just yeah, clear, out, some- clear everything out of your mind yeah. and just live in the now for a moment. And uh, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, thanks everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for stopping. Bye.